This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Brought to you by East Coast Christian Center. Morning Breath starts now. Hey, 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 good morning and welcome to Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. It is Monday, October 14th, and normally it is Matt and Jessica in the morning, but this morning it is Jessica and... My very good friend, Pastor Darlene Parton from Shoreline Church in Destin. Hi, Darlene. Hi. When you said that, I almost thought about saying Darlene from East Coast Christian Center. I know, because <laughs> this used to be your home, yes. East Coast. So why don't you tell people about, a lot of people will know you and they'll recognize your voice and they'll be like, oh my gosh, Darlene's in Brevard, what? Yeah. And you have been gone from this area since 2005, right? 2004? 2004. Yeah. So yeah. you used to be at this church and then you went and planted a church. So give us a little background on who you are. Okay. Um, Well, from the very beginning, not when I was born, but I will tell you, um, because I think it's such a great history, that Eric and I um, started coming to East Coast Christian Center in 1987. Wow. And I actually started coming before he did, and it probably was a couple of months of prayer with friends at the time that eventually he gave his heart to the Lord, and he started coming, and then we just kind of threw ourselves into the church and what was going on because it was young and growing at the time Mm -hmm. and, um, and just loved working with young people. And the next thing you know, we knew that that was what we wanted to do with our lives. So it's been a long time, but then we left in 2004 to, um, to plant our church in our hometown in Destin, Florida. That's right. Shoreline church. Yeah. It's so exciting that you are here. And the reason you are here is actually because you are one of our guest speakers for our flourish sisterhood women's conference. And I am just so honored that you would come. We are actually, full disclosure, we are recording this pre-recording. This is Monday to you, October 14th, if you're listening. But we are recording this on, what day is it? Thursday, October 10th. And so it is Flourish Eve, which feels like Christmas Eve because tomorrow we are welcoming over 400 women. Right now the count is 416 and counting, who are going to come in here and experience an amazing women's conference. And you're going to be one of the speakers. And I'm just so excited that you said yes, and you're here and you're part of this. And it's just cool because you were, you and Eric, your your husband, were youth pastors here at East Coast for 17 years. Correct. And so everything you have poured into me personally as a mentor, um, but you, what you poured into this house when you were here, like all of this conference is such fruit of that. And so I just want to thank you personally on the radio and um, just thank you for all that you poured into me, but then also this house, all those years that you were pouring into young people, all those, so many of those young people are now serving on staff here. Yeah, honestly, it, this is such an honor. And even to be doing this show with you today is such mm-hmm. an honor because my husband used to do the show. That's right. Um, but it, it's an honor. It's always an honor coming home and a privilege to come home, mm-hmm. you know, where your roots are. And to kind of just see things continue to grow. But I honestly can't even put it into words. And I, you know, I don't want to cry. But like mm-hmm. every time I come, I, I am just literally amazed at what God has done in people's lives. Yeah. It, I, to me, when I come back here, it's like God is truly real because <laughs> I see the fruit of um, of what has been sown in people, not just Eric and I, you know, mm-hmm. in, in some of the the. the I guess that they're not that they're young not so stuff young. anymore, are yeah. they? I say that, right? Um, but but just 
the things that were pouring into me and I, I see it here and it's just flourishing. It's beautiful. Yeah, flourishing. I know. It was perfect. I know it was. So it's Monday, right? In, in the future tense. And so we're going to say Flourish was amazing, right? And so if you joined us for Flourish, we hope that you then got involved in a Flourish group. We hope that you signed up for Flourish 2020, which is going to be October 9th and 10th in 2020. And um, yeah, we just hope that you know that if you are a woman, you are sisterhood and that you had a blast if you were able to come. And so let me tell you a little bit more about how to get involved with Morning Breath. Morning Breath is our radio show, and it's where we just take one chapter of the Bible, we read it, and we share about it, what God has pressed upon our hearts. And um, you can get involved with this on to go to our website at eccc.us, or we have a podcast, or we have a really great app that actually has everything that you need. It's East Coast app. Or if you want to get a Morning Breath guide mailed out to you, you can call our church office at 321-452-1060, and Miss Ernestine would love to hook you up with that. So we're going to dive in to Matthew chapter 21 today, and I am going to read um, verses 1 through 22, and then you are going to start in verse 23. And so you say to me, read, ma'am. Read, (laughs) sir, ma'am. It used to be read, sir, but read, ma'am. That's right. Okay. Matthew chapter 21. When they approached Jerusalem and had reached Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples ahead, saying to them, go into the village opposite you, and at once you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you should say, the Lord needs them. And without delay, the owner will send them with you. This happened so that was what so this happened so that what was spoken by the prophet would be fulfilled, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, the people of Jerusalem, behold, your king is coming to you, gentle and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. Then the disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. And they brought the donkey and the colt and placed their coats on them, and Jesus sat on the coats. Most of the crowd spread their coats on the road as before a king, while others were cutting branches from the trees and spreading them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed him were shouting in praise and adoration, Hosanna to the son of David, Messiah, blessed, praised, glorified is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, all the city was trembling with excitement, saying, Who is this? And the crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. And Jesus entered the temple grounds and drove out with force all who were buying and selling birds and animals for sacrifice in the temple area. And he turned over the tables of the money changers who made a profit, exchanging foreign money for temple coinage, and the chairs of those who were selling doves for sacrifice. Jesus said to them, It is written in Scripture, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a robber's den. And the blind and the lame came to him in the porticos and courts of the temple area, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful and miraculous things that Jesus had done and heard the boys who were shouting in the porticos and courts of the temple in praise and adoration, Hosanna to the son of David, the Messiah, they became indignant and they said to him, Do you hear what these children are saying? And Jesus replied to them, Yes. Have you never read in the scripture out of the mouths of infants and nursing babies you have prepared and provided praise for yourself? Then he left them and went out of the city to Bethany and spent the night there. Now early in the morning as Jesus was coming back to the city, he was hungry. Seeing a lone fig tree at the roadside, he went to it and found nothing but leaves on it. And he said to it, never again will fruit come from you. And at once the fig tree withered. When the disciples saw it, they were astonished and asked, how is it that the fig tree has withered away all at once? Jesus replied to them, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, if you have faith, personal trust and confidence in me and do not doubt or allow yourself to be drawn in two directions, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, it will happen if God wills it. And whatever you ask for in prayer, believing you will receive. Verse 23. 
Then he was back in the temple teaching. The high priests and leaders of the people came up and demanded, Show us your credentials. Who authorized you to teach here? Jesus responded, First, let me ask you a question. You answer my question, and I'll answer yours. About the baptism of John, who authorizes it? Heaven or humans? They were on the spot and knew it. They pulled back into a huddle and whispered, If we say heaven, he'll ask us why we didn't believe him. If we say humans, we're up against it with the people because they all hold John up as a prophet. They decided to concede that round to Jesus. We don't know, they answered. And Jesus said, Then neither will I answer your question. I love that. (laughs) Tell me what you think of this story. A man had two sons. He went up to the first and said, son, go out for the day and work in the vineyard. The son answered, I don't want to. Later on, he thought better of it and went. The father gave the same command to the second son. He answered, sure, glad to. But he never went. Which of the two sons did what the father asked? They said, the first. Jesus said, yes, and I tell you that crooks and whores are going to precede you into God's kingdom. John came to you, showing you the right road. You turned up your noses at him, but the crooks and harlots. <laughs> what I just version is wrong. this? It's the message version. I'm really sorry because it does say crooks and whores. We'll just get over it. Even, even when you saw their changed lives, you didn't care enough to change and believe him. Here's another story. Listen closely. There was once a man, a wealthy farmer, who planted a vineyard. He fenced it, dug a wine press, put up a watchtower, then turned it over to the farmlands and went off on a trip. When it was time to harvest the grapes, he sent his servants back to collect his profits. The farmhands grabbed the first servant and beat him up. The next one they murdered. They threw stones at the third, but he got away. The owner tried again, sending more servants. They got the same treatment. The owner was at the end of his rope. He decided to send his son. When the farmhands saw the son arrive, they rubbed their hands in greed. This is the heir. Let's kill him and have it all for ourselves. They grabbed him, threw him out, and killed him. Now, when the owner of the vineyard arrives home from his trip, what do you think he will do to the farmlands? He'll kill them, a rotten bunch, a good riddance, they answered. Then he'll assign the vineyards to to farmhands who will hand over the prophets when it's time. Jesus said, write, and you can read it for yourselves in your Bibles. The stone the masons threw out is now the cornerstone. This is God's work. We rub our eyes. We can hardly believe it. This is the way it is with you. God's kingdom will be taken back from you and handed over to a people who will live out a kingdom life. Whoever stumbles on the stone gets shattered. Whoever the stone falls on gets smashed. When the religious leaders heard this story, they knew it was aimed at them. They wanted to arrest Jesus and put him in jail. But intimidated by public opinion, they held back. Most people held him to be a prophet of God. Uh Amen. So Matthew chapter 21, what what stuck out to you? And this, there was so much. There was stuff. so much, um, and and that I think this is kind of a big picture idea. When when I read through this chapter, is that um, there was a lot of rich things that we could dig into, and I mm-hmm. know that you're going to do that because you do that so well. Mm-hmm. But the big picture, I love that Jesus was a God man, that um, that he was fully God but fully man. Mm-hmm. So he had all of all of the knowledge and wisdom, you know. That was divine, but yet he was walking and the disciples were walking with him. And he just like, it was almost like they walk into situations and he teaches them something and they're Mm -hmm. walking down the road and then they get to learn something else. And honestly, um, I would think that, man, I'd want to have a notebook. I'm sure they didn't have a notebook back then. Right. But that was a, that was a lot to absorb. Yeah. So, but I I just love that um, 
that Jesus was so human that he would walk with us and just try to take the things in our lives and teach us something along the way. Yeah. That's, I love that. That's really good. I love that big whole picture of it because there is so much stuff. And it's just amazing that we have it here, you know, that this is the divine inspired word of God. Yes. And to, they didn't have notebooks like we had. They didn't have iPads. They didn't have recording devices yeah. back then when they were walking along the dusty roads of Israel. And that was actually something that jumped out at me, just having this visual of when they approach Jerusalem and reach the Mount of Olives. Like you and I have both been yes. to this place. Mm-hmm. We have both been to Israel at separate times. And to have that image in my head, because actually when we came into, into Jerusalem, our guide brought us to, to what they think would have been this road that Jesus would have taken into Jerusalem. And it's a super really steep road. And just imagine, like, imagining a donkey on that road and um, the dusty ground and and going over the hill and being on the Mount of Olives and looking out over the Kidron Valley and seeing where Jerusalem is now is just such a cool picture to be able to, it makes your Bible come alive to know that this is a real place. Like, this is a real place in history. You know, it's not just a story. So I just love that. And I, I would just say, if you're listening and you have the opportunity to go to Israel, go. Because it's just the coolest experience ever. Um, But in verse 9 and 10 really stuck out to me. And it says in 9, it says the crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed him were shouting in praise and adoration. And so this was the moment that Jesus was kind of not necessarily being revealed, but he was having this moment where people were actually celebrating him and cheering him on. And um, again, having the visual of him coming into Jerusalem was so cool. It was a very exciting time. And it says when he entered Jerusalem, the city was trembling with excitement, saying, who is this? You know, and so he was he was making waves like people were noticing him. But then the contrast of that followed immediately when he got in there. It says he entered the temple grounds and then there was like a battle. He had to, it says he drove out with force all who were buying and selling birds and animals for sacrifice in the temple area. And I thought the contrast of that moment where he was being celebrated and it was such an exciting time followed immediately by a super challenging moment when he arrives to the temple and discovers it's being used in ways it wasn't intended and really just in righteous anger and indignation came up in him. Um, people were basically taking advantage of those who were coming to sacrifice and worship God. Right. So people were coming to the temple to worship the Lord. And you were supposed to bring a sacrifice. And so if you, you could bring your sacrifice from home, but some people were traveling from so far away that they would have to, they want to buy the sacrifice closer to the temple. And so if you bought the temple or bought the sacrifice outside of the temple grounds, it was a reasonable fee. I read, I looked at a commentary this morning and it was like four, it said four P, whatever P stands for in like drachmas or <laughs> whatever the cost of money. Let's say four pennies. It costs four pennies. But inside the temple, there were these people who were crooks who were selling the same exact thing for 75 P. Do you know, <laughs> pennies. Do you know what that reminds me of? What? Um, theme parks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's <laughs> Not so that true. it is a theme park. I'm just saying. <gasps> it's like, so true. You know what I mean? Because yes. you, it's like you have no other choice. Exactly. Like you're not going to leave. Exactly. Or the so, airport. Yeah. Trying to buy something in the airport. Oh, yeah. And it's like $10 for a bottle of water instead of a dollar on at the Sunoco outside of it. <laughs> right? Right. Exactly. Yes, exactly. So it was a 20 times inflation that they yeah. were doing. And Jesus was mad. He's like, these people are coming to worship and to bring their sacrifice. And you're taking advantage of them to try to make money. And so he had this righteous anger come up. And I thought two different things. And maybe we could pick which direction we go. But how did he go from this triumphant moment Instantly to this frustrating and intense moment. And how did he keep his, not his cool, but like, how did he stay with his mind right? And I think the answer is that he 
in both situations, he did not care about the praise of man or the approval of man. So, yes, he was getting celebrated in one moment, but he knew that that moment was for God. And so the next moment when he had to stand up and take control and make the wrong thing right, he didn't care about the approval of man in that moment either because he made a lot of people mad. He cared more about the approval of God and what he was called to do for God. And so in both sen- in both senses, I think as practically, when we are having a great day and a great moment and people are celebrating us, and maybe after we talk at Flourish, maybe people will say we did a good job, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> but that is as great as it feels maybe, we still have to have that mindset of this is for the Lord only. And if you didn't like what I said, if I said it because I felt like God was telling me to say it, I still need to be steady in that mindset. And then in in the other instant instance where you have to make a hard choice or you have to confront something or someone or sin or whatever, take care of business, you have to do that because you know that God is calling you to do that, not because um, fear of or desire for approval from men. And it reminds me of that verse in the Bible is like, we do all things for the Lord and not for men. And I try to tell my kids that too, like even in their schoolwork, I think it's Colossians 3.23, I might be wrong, but um, we do everything that we do unto the Lord and not for men, everything that we do. So that was one thought that I had. And then the other thing was just the fact that Jesus was angry and how anger is okay. It says in the Bible, be angry, but sin not. And so he had he had this righteous anger because he was defending the cause of a defenseless people, right? So, yeah. well, I again I think a lot of like your first point goes back to Jesus being fully God and fully man. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think those are everyday circumstances for us yeah. where you're having a great moment, maybe with a friend or mm-hmm. with your kids, and then something happens, and now you're having to deal, and that you know your emotions can get tossed to and fro, mm-hmm. and I actually think. Um, kind of like what you were saying, like he, he took a, he, in every moment that he was in, he was fully in that moment and knew how to respond. Mm -hmm. But then the next thing you know, he's in another moment and he has to respond a completely different way. Right. But yet he's so grounded. Obviously he's God. But I think one of the things that we can learn from that is that he knew who he was and he knew where he was. Mm -hmm. He knew what was appropriate different environments you know um and then when i think of myself and a lot of this has to do with my own personal story is just understanding that both emotional health and spiritual health are important Mm -hmm. so there are times in our lives where there's a response that it is without i can't think of the word overtly like it's a spiritual situation you need to deal with Mm -hmm. it but if we aren't an emotionally healthy place then a lot of times we can't handle right. those kind of environments. Yeah. And so it's super important that we know who we are, where we are, what situation we're dealing with before mm-hmm. we go and respond in yeah. it. Yeah, that's really, really good. I know that you could talk a lot about that because yeah. you're, you've actually done some coaching classes yeah. and you're really good. You could probably like coach us all up for another 30 minutes, which I would love, but you've been traveling all day. So verses 19 and 20 stuck out to me too. And this was always such an interesting story to me. I've read it several times, but I, I think... The commentary that I read helped me understand it a little bit more. But in 19, it says, seeing a lone fig tree at the roadside, he went to it and found nothing but leaves on it. And he said to, said to it, to the tree, never again will fruit come from you. And at once the fig tree withered, it died. And when the disciples saw it, they were astonished and asked, how is it that that fig tree is withered away all at once? And I always thought, why is Jesus being so mean to that tree? <laughs> <laughs> like, what did that 
should we do to Jesus? I think everybody thinks that, right? Right? I hope so. (laughs) At least you and I. We're not alone. Um, But what I read about this was that this tree was a picture of false advertising because it had leaves but no figs. And this particular tree, and that's like the context of the Bible is so important, for you to actually dig into this and not take this as not stop there at Jesus is mean to that tree and just move on with your life. Like, let's actually look at what is this kind of tree? And this tree actually shouldn't have had fruit on it if it didn't have, wait, it shouldn't have had. It shouldn't have had leaves, leaves without if it didn't the have fruit. fruit. Exactly. I was so excited because I actually learned that today oh my gosh. from Pastor Robbie. She told me that. I was like, oh, he wasn't just being mean to the tree. <laughs> This is a breakthrough moment, people. This is awesome. Yeah, but you you have to like know the context or know the the cultural significance of the times yeah. that this was written in because that matters. You know, so doing research, reading commentaries, like learning more and digging digging deeper into that will make the Bible come alive. It's yes, fascinating. It it's endless it is. what's in this word. You know, it's crazy. It's awesome. But to talk about that tree that had leaves but no figs, that means it was it was false advertising. It was all talk and no show. It was presenting itself as a healthy, maybe on the outside, but when you really looked, there was no fruit. And that is so um, easy for us to do, especially in this age of social media. Yes. Because we can put it all out there. But then if you look deeper, if you even look at the, like, say someone is like, I love my husband so much and he's the best and he got me flowers today. But if you, like, actually were in their house 10 minutes prior, they might have been screaming at each other. You know what I mean? Like Those flowers like a five-minute moment. Exactly. Like maybe, (laughs) like maybe 30 seconds, right? But that they're presenting this, hey, look at my leaves. But don't yeah. look too closely because there's actually no fruit to back yeah. it up. And so I think that we need to, our lives need to bear fruit. And what I see that fruit of is evidence of God's power at work within us. Yes. Displaying the fruits of the spirit, which are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Thank you, Sunday school. Yeah. <laughs> for Good for you. That. I'm impressed. Yes. But I also love that Jesus then used that moment to show his disciples that whatever you ask in prayer Believe that you receive and it will be done. So it was like a twofer. It was like yes. a one-two punch, you yeah. know, like Jesus is so awesome at that. I know. it's There's so much in here. Yeah. It's crazy. I sometimes wonder, like, when he created the earth, knowing that Jesus was going to be having these conversations, it was like, I got to set all this up. Right. And going to make it really creative. Yes. Lots of opportunity oh to chat about, like, who I am. Right. <laughs> I know. It's so fun. We have no idea. No eye has seen, no ear has heard no, the depths of all of this. So um, verse 23 stuck out to me too. And it was when he entered the temple area, the chief priests and elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, by what kind of authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority to exercise this power? And the day prior, if we remember, he had encountered these money changers and he had whipped them, literally drove them out, made them mad. And now the next day he walked right back into that temple and he sat down to teach. And I just thought, wow, no fear. He was just obedient. Yes. And he knew his assignment and he wasn't backing down. Because I would say if I had a moment like that that was super like confrontational, I might not want to go back to that place the next day and face these people who then might obviously have an issue with me. Yeah. But Jesus went right back there because it was his assignment to do and he was being obedient. And I think what a great example. I actually had a conversation like this with some of our staff last week just talking about drive like the right kind of drive mm-hmm. like I literally feel such a sense of call a, a call of God on my life that I can't almost can't help myself mm-hmm. 
so it gives me the boldness to walk into situations like that yeah where it's like no 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 because because like things depend on this yes. like eternal things depend yes. on the decisions that I make the choices that I make yes and um I and I and I think obviously that that growth and that strength happens over time mm -hmm. but um this is such a beautiful picture of that absolutely well we're gonna go and take a break and we'll be right back you are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. Commercial Real Estate Services. Scott Langston, senior commercial broker, has been selling real estate and giving free consultations for over 18 years. Scott Langston will show you how having a professional can make a difference in your buying, investing, or leasing commercial property. Scott Langston, 321-403-1111. That's 321-403-1111. Now go out there and make it a great day. Hi everyone, Kevin Barfield here with Barfield Contracting and Associates. We are a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. We're located in Cocoa Village, but we service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. We also offer many discounts, military, senior. As always, we offer free estimates and we appreciate every opportunity that we're given. We're at 454-4531. That's 454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. God bless you. With buying and selling homes in the Melbourne, Florida area, Pineapple Farms is here to assist you. Pineapple Farms, serving Brevard County since 2011. For more information, go online to pineapplefarms.com or call at 321-426-0081. Would be a church that's focused on God, focused on the people on the inside, and focused on the people on the outside. Love God, love the church, love people, because we're building a life-giving church that lasts. East Coast Christian Center. Join us every weekend, Saturday night at 5.30 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30, 10, and 11.30 a.m. East Coast Christian Center is located at 680 North Courtney Parkway, Merritt Island. The Avenue Worship Center. Enjoy a fresh brewed cup of coffee with friends and family. Service times are at 9.30 and 11 a.m. at 85 North Richland Avenue. East Coast Christian Center, Coco. We now have three services every Sunday morning at 8.15, 10 o'clock, and 11.45 a.m. Located at 1855 North Friday Road, Coco. For more information, call 452-1060, extension 100. That's 452-1060, extension 100. Or visit us online at eccc.us. That's eccc.us. East Coast Christian Center, building a life-giving church that lasts. Welcome back to the show. This is Morning Breath. Welcome back to Morning Breath. Again, this is Jessica and my special, special guest, Pastor Darlene Parton. And we are just wrapping up reading Matthew chapter 21. And Darlene saw something really cool at the end of this chapter. So what was that? Well, I think actually it's just a great picture of... Um, Again, the whole chapter that you see Jesus going back and forth into different type of circumstances that are celebratory or difficult. or mm -hmm. um, And obviously we talked about how much he, he knew what he was doing and where he was. But just this thought that purpose precedes passion. So passion is actually not sustainable, like being really excited about something mm -hmm. or, pas you know, pa being passionate about something. Um 
it's not sustainable on its own. There has to be purpose so good. beforehand. And yeah. so, and that's the why. Like, why is it that I'm doing what I'm mm-hmm. doing? Why is it that I'm passionate? And and obviously, we know that Jesus fully knew what he was supposed to do, what he was here for. He knew his purpose and plan. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Purpose precedes passion, passion. and passion is not sustainable. Like, it is not feasible for us to keep up the hype you know yes. like the hype train correct it doesn't last unless there is something of depth behind there unless like you said earlier that eternal significance is going to keep me going like doing this conference yeah what keeps me going and doing this conference is knowing that girls lives are going to be changed when they get when they leave that place and they're going to know that they have value placed on them and that they are sisterhood you're going to cry yeah, i know i'm so going to cry i'm like <laughs> i need waterproof mascara okay i have to buy some today all right thank you guys so much for joining us and thank you darlene for joining oh, me thanks for having me this. it was so fun We look forward to seeing you, hopefully, or having seen you (laughs) flourish. (laughs) Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.